0: These are 36-year-old allegations. They were brought out politically for political reasons, let's be honest, at the last moment to try to sabotage a nomination that was going, he was going to be confirmed.
1: Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana.
2: This is In Focus with Dan Spieler.
1: What a week. The president's Supreme Court nominee facing allegations of sexual misconduct as the nomination fight intensifies in the Senate. So what happens next, especially in the midst of this midterm election year? This past week, I spoke on the record with Senator Joe Donnelly. All right, here now with Senator Joe Donnelly. Thank you so much for being with Thank us you very today. Much. Obviously, we want to start with everything that's happening with Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. And Senator McCaskill of Missouri this week said she will vote against Kavanaugh's confirmation. Like you, she is a Democrat in a red state, up for re-election this year. How do these allegations play into your decision on Kavanaugh's confirmation?
3: Well, I need to find out. Um, you know, who exactly uh, is involved, what's the truth. And so I want to try to get as much information from this as I possibly can. And, and so there's potential hearings on Monday of next week. We'll see if that happens. Um, I believe that the FBI should also do an investigation because it only takes a couple days, two, three, four days. It's not going to hold anything up. And the more information we have, the better off we are.
1: Are you comfortable with how this procedure has played out so far, where Democrats insist this FBI investigation must be done before we do a hearing? Republicans say, no, we need to do the hearings next week. What do you make of what we've seen transpire
3: here in Washington the last few days? Well, it's that whole uh, red against blue, skins against shirts nonsense. And we ought to be working together to try to find an answer to this, because uh, Judge Kavanaugh could potentially be on the bench 40 years. Um, So it's a lifetime appointment. We want to try to get it right. And to try to get it right, we need as much information as we can. Are you inclined
1: to believe Dr. Ford's story? And if you feel the allegations are to be deble- to be believed, can you still vote to confirm Kavanaugh, or, or could this be a deal Well, I breaker? want to see
3: what she has to say. And so... Um, you know that's what i'm hoping next week will be about should there be a vote
1: in the senate if there isn't uh, another hearing or an fbi investigation of some kind would you feel comfortable
3: moving forward with well, the vote without what that? i would feel most comfortable with is to get as much information as possible we have fbi background checks for all of these nominees and so this fits in exactly with trying to get more information and i don't know what the information will show one way or the other it's just that when you have more information to make a better decision you're better off
1: some have suggested Democrats are merely wanting to delay this confirmation process as long as as possible your opponent uh, Mike Braun spoke to that earlier this week here's what he had to say
4: well the process looks orchestrated you know from the get-go and uh, for the short time I've been involved in running for office uh, sadly that seems to be baked into anything that happens and uh, I think that uh, with uh, Senator Grassley's leadership and uh, Mitch McConnell's resolve and the fact that uh, Judge Kavanaugh is such a great candidate we need to get through this you know process over the next uh, on Monday and then you know move to uh, you know having a vote on it so uh, I think that It really smacks of the worst part of what we see in Washington early in the proceedings, even the antics that occurred. I think that was kind of a, uh, you know, black eye for the Democrats because it looked like, regardless, they were going to try to, you know, slow the process and thwart it. So you heard him there answering that question about the Kavanaugh allegation
1: saying the process looks orchestrated from the get-go. What's, what's your reaction? Well, I think that?
3: the worst part of what I just heard is that Mike Braun was in favor of this nominee before he even knew his name, uh, basically. That uh, uh, just a few days after Judge Kavanaugh was announced, he said, I'm in. So whatever Donald Trump wants, he supports. And it could have been anybody. And so Mike Braun hasn't worried about the process. Mike Braun just wants to march in lockstep. And it shouldn't be about partisanship. It should be about getting this right. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I voted for Judge Gorsuch, because we had a process. And we went through the entire process. And we got all the information that we needed. That's how this is supposed to work. Um, To sit and play partisan politics, like Mike Braun is on this, is really a, uh, it's, it's beneath what a senator is supposed to do.
1: There's obviously been a lot of scrutiny on, on your vote this year, on Kavanaugh. How much further does all of this complicate that decision for you?
3: You know, I, I don't worry about that. It's, it's the job. So my job is to get as much information as I possibly can and make the right decision for Hoosiers. Um, the people of Indiana elected me to make good decisions and to make them on their behalf, not about Democrats or Republicans, Mike Braun has said he's going to run for Senate, and when he's in the Senate, if he ever made it, and he's not going to make it, but what he said was, I would vote with Donald Trump every single time. That's not what we're supposed to do. What a senator's supposed to do is vote for the people of Indiana. I answer only to Hoosiers.
1: Let's talk about this race for Senate. Specifically, other polls have shown you ahead, but a recent Fox News poll had you down two points. Are you losing some momentum in this race, or do you feel that poll is an
3: outlier? You know, the other poll that came out showed me six points ahead. Uh, Another poll yesterday came out from AARP with with senior voters that I was ahead with them as well. And so we're doing really well. But I run my campaigns like I'm 10 points down with 10 days to go. We work nonstop. Um, Over 190 uh, visits to different places in the state just since the primary while going back and forth to Washington on a constant basis. A seven-day, 44-stop RV tour because there's so much wisdom in our state. There's a lot more wisdom in Washington, Indiana than Washington, D.C., and that's why I go to all 92 counties every year.
1: The Senate Republican uh, Campaign Committee has a new ad calling you out for missing some committee hearings. What's your response to that? How you navigate that kind of thing in the coming weeks when the Senate is in session and the campaign demands your attention as well?
3: Well, it basically shows me that they're out of things to talk about and it's a fairly pathetic effort. I made almost 96% of my committee hearings, almost 96%. And sometimes we have different committee hearings at the same time.
1: Will you be able to keep up that schedule in the Senate and on the campaign trail here in the final weeks?
3: Oh, I've continued to do so and will continue to do so 100%.
1: Uh, There's an AP report out this week about uh, your opponent's campaign, some Republicans expressing concerns. We asked uh, Braun about that this week, and he also pointed to that recent poll from Fox News. Here's another clip from Mike Braun.
2: I'm sure you saw the AP article out today that, that there, there may be some concern within the Republican Party in terms of energy and, and your energy. Not,
4: and your... not in Indiana. I can tell you that the energy <laughs> level is high and uh, I've always been a high energy individual. That's why I'm going to outmaneuver Joe Donnelly in this thing. And when you're ahead by two points in the latest public poll, when you've been hit so hard by Chuck Schumer, from afar running Joe Donnelly's campaign, it's to hide a bad record. So I think we couldn't be in better shape. They out resources everywhere. Here we're actually uh, moving forward and I think we're going to keep doing that through the finish line.
1: What's your response to that? Uh, obviously uh, tr- tr- trying to point to uh, your record as he said and, and tying you to uh, to Senator Schumer there as well.
3: I've been found to be the most bipartisan senator in Washington in the last 25 years and it's by the Luger Center who is a Republican senator from our state. I don't know how much more bipartisan you could be. And those comments are from a guy, Mike Braun, who said I'll do whatever the president wants me to do. He forgot who you're supposed to work for in this job. You work for the people of Indiana. I voted with the president 62% of the time because on those occasions he's been right. But when he's not I tell him and tell him flat out to his face to try to get better programs, better plans, like I did with the tariffs.
1: I want to ask you about that because that was also a theme of your recent ads. And we, we talked there about uh, enthusiasm among Republicans for Braun's campaign. But are, are, are you at risk at all uh, for the same in terms of uh, Democrats? Your ads touting support for the president's border wall. Do you risk losing some support, losing some enthusiasm in your own party by siding with the president on an issue that
3: has been pretty controversial? Well, everywhere I go, there's packed houses all across the state. Everybody is so excited because people love this country so much and whether it's a Democrat event or whether it's a community event, everywhere I go, the places are packed to the gills and people are interested, people are excited. We are knocking on doors all across the state. As we're sitting here, there's doors being knocked this very second in Richmond, in Angola, in Merrillville in Mount Vernon down in Posey County. We are playing in all 92 counties and in every corner of the state. And that's why the campaign's going so well.
1: But does running toward the middle, does that risk, uh, does that risk enthusiasm among uh, base voters in the Democratic Party? I,
3: I, I guess you could ask the packed houses that I've been at where there's not enough room to, to hardly even stand up at this point. Um, look, um, I do what's right for Indiana. And the decisions I make aren't made on Democrat or Republican. They're made on making sure that we can have good health care. I've supported and, and protected health care where Mike Braun has worked nonstop to support legislation that would take coverage of pre-existing conditions away. That's the inhaler for someone who has asthma. That's the diabetes medicine for someone who has diabetes. That's the Enbrel medication for someone who has arthritis. Um, I've fought to protect health care. I've I've served as a senator while we've had 70 months of consecutive job growth every single month I've been in the job. And so people are excited. They like that fact. They like the fact that we're working to create bigger paychecks, that we're fighting for their health care, that we're standing up for veterans and for our service members. And that's why everywhere we go, um, I get off the RV, and there's a huge crowd everywhere right now.
1: First debate coming up in a couple weeks. I know we'll be seeing you a lot here and on the campaign trail. Senator Donnelly, thank you so much. Thank
3: you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Okay, coming up, we'll talk about all of this with our panel. Also talking about the race for Congress. Candidate Greg Pence getting some help this week from his brother, the vice president. And latest news on that Rod Rosenstein story. All that coming up after the break. All right, let's bring in our panel right now. Indy Star columnist Tim Swearens with us today, along with Democratic strategist Lara Beck, former GOP yeah. lawmaker Mike Murphy, and Adam Rand from the new political newsletter called Importantville, awfully important developments in this Supreme Court showdown. And Lara, I'll start with you. Where is all of this headed, potentially?
5: Uh, I have no idea. I might just defer my time to the group here <laughs> um, to answer that question. Uh, it has really been a whirlwind week, and I think it's no one has a crystal ball, and I'm sure we all have some opinions on it. The one thing that really stands out to me is we, move forward, um, especially into next week, is how this shakes out for the Republicans, particularly in this election cycle. Um, Once again, we're going into a major election, and we are talking about uh, sexual assault. We are talking about women's issues. We're talking about these things. uh, And here we are. What do the Republicans do? Do you ram through a nominee that has these questionable allegations about him so you can win in November? or do you uh, wait and see where the chips fall?
1: Where's the risk reward like here for your party, Mike? Well, I think
2: the Republican <laughs> Party's in a tough spot. First of all, they have to take the allegations seriously, right, and they have to be very careful about that. But on the other hand, the you know, uh, Kavanaugh has a right to face his accuser. He has the constitutional right, and you can't have some woman Negotiating through her attorney about what she she can't be uh, interrogated by female attorneys, and she this can't happen. And that this is not an appearance on Oprah Winfrey. This is a serious, serious charge against a Supreme Court nominee, and everybody has to take it seriously. And we have to find out the facts. I suspect what happens in the end is he does get confirmed.
0: Do you think he'll be confirmed I think he will at this point. We'll see what happens with the hearings this week, if if a hearing does, in fact, take place. I I think we've all lost how this has been handled on both sides. Uh, I think Senator Feinstein grossly mishandled uh, the original letter and how she came forward. The timing of this is very suspect. Uh, Republicans have said a number of unfortunate things in defense of Brett Kavanaugh as well. We're all losing in this.
1: And and obviously, Adam, a lot of focus next week on Kavanaugh, but here in Indiana... Just how much more complicated does this make things for Senator Donnelly, or does this potentially give him some cover to to vote against Kavanaugh, ultimately? I think it does give him some cover, Dan.
6: I think he can go to his base now and and have cover and not voting for Kavanaugh. Um, You look at Claire McCaskill, a red state Democrat, who came out this week not voting for Kavanaugh. Um, And I think uh, you know for both candidates in the Senate race, it cuts both ways. Um, For Braun, if Kavanaugh for some reason goes down or is withdrawn, he can now go to his base um, and say, look, the Supreme Court is on the line, and that could help him out with turnout.
1: What did you make of Joe Donnelly's comments earlier on this topic and, and the predicament he's in here on this Kavanaugh vote, potentially? Well, I
5: think Senator Donnelly is doing what he always does, and he's playing it down the middle. He's taking advice from both sides. He is wisely suggesting that let the FBI take a look at this. It only takes a couple of more days. We don't need to rush anything. These are incredibly important positions. Seems
1: like he's leaving some wiggle room, though, to still vote for Kavanaugh, potentially, too.
5: But that's typical of Joe Donnelly because, again, he weighs both sides. He's bipartisan. He is going to go the way that he feels that the voters want him to go as well. And so I would not be surprised for him to continue to listen, continue to watch, continue to observe. He's not going to do anything, I think, that is going to be reactionary at this point.
0: (laughs) Donnelly is in a very difficult position. I think one of the things, if he does end up voting against Kavanaugh and these allegations are not fleshed out more than what they are now, he's risking a backlash among conservative voters who see Joe Donnelly as the safe Democrat. And Joe Donnelly's built himself that way in many respects. If he stands up and votes against uh, a a Supreme Court nominee, which is enormously important uh, to many, especially evangelical voters in this state. Um, and there are not solid reasons for voting. No, uh, there will be a backlash. How big that backlash will be, we'll, we'll have to see. You can see a million different ways this. Oh, could play sure. Out.
2: Donnelly was telling individual contributors in one-on-one meetings as late as last Wednesday that he has absolutely no political advantage to coming out before the very last minute. He's going to he's going to go right to the very edge and look over the cliff, and then he'll make a decision. Of course, I come back to. If, this never been a problem if uh, the president had nominated Amy Comey from Notre Dame, <laughs> and perhaps if Kavanaugh withdraws, you never know. She could be back. But in again, the again, that's
5: part of the question. Why do we need to rush right now? It's about the upcoming election. Um, there is an incredibly qualified pool of voters, or not voters. I'm sorry. It's going to be judges. a conservative, no matter what. Right? It, yeah. yeah. And so, why do we have to push this through? But I think they're really concerned about what's going to happen this election and ultimately they could end up alienating more women voters for the next generation.
6: You know, uh, an elected Republican I talked to today when I asked him why um, why the Monday deadline and line in the sand is so important. You know, conceivably they could seat Kavanaugh October 1st when the new session starts. So I think that that's something in the back of their minds. But I do think, you know, if Braun sticks with Kavanaugh, it could really hurt him in places like Hamilton County and the suburbs um, among female voters where at least one poll tells us he's
1: behind. And there's a poll out this week from USA Today that now has more Americans 40 to 31 saying no, Kavanaugh should not be confirmed. That poll taken this past week after Dr. Ford came forward, but also those polled say they think he will ultimately be confirmed. And there's also a new poll we want to show you in the race for Senate this week from the AARP. You heard Senator Donnelly mention it earlier, Hoosiers 50 and over, favoring Donnelly in that poll by a margin of 38-35, with nearly 30 percent still undecided. As we were pointing out earlier, this poll was taken back in August as well. Hard to say what this poll Tells you at this point, if anything. Wouldn't put
0: a lot of stock. It's, it's first of all, it's an old poll. I mean, if it's almost a month old. Um, also, uh, the poll per- is old.
1: Not that it was fifty but, uh, and over. Well,
0: <laughs> yes, right. right. I don't think it's, anyone here the, is old. The, 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 <laughs> data, the data, is old. Um, and and in a poll, there is a there is a shelf life on right. on a poll, and I think it's expired. What do
1: you make of the polling that we've seen? It's been kind of all over the map. Donnelly down two points, Donnelly up six points. Tight uh,
5: race? Adam, you brought up a great point. I'm gonna let you kind of cover that at this point, um, particularly about this this poll in particular.
6: You know, I think this is a poll of uh, registered voters, not likely right. voters, although we do know that older Americans tend to vote uh, more frequently, especially in midterm races. Um, but you would expect Donnelly to be up, um, you would actually ex- ex- expect Braun to be up with older voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, is leading with younger voters, and to see that he's within the margin of error with 50 and o- over uh, Hoosiers is pretty remarkable. Well, and there's
1: also that Associated Press uh, report out this week that we asked Mike Braun about earlier. There it is. GOP frets about prospects for picking up Indiana Senate seat, describing Republicans as underwhelmed and worried about Braun's campaign for Senate. Mike, do you think that's the case with oh, Republicans? Oh yeah, yeah, Probably they're the worried.
2: Sense? Republicans are worried. They've they've used words like uh, phrases like "we're struggling," "we're worried." Um, One of the uh, stories out uh, late last week said uh, Braun had not bought any airtime in October. That has changed. He bought $600,000, I think, yesterday, I guess, Thursday or Wednesday this week. So uh, he is starting to ramp up his spending. But it's, it's uh, not where anybody in the Republican Party would like to see it right now, frankly. Yeah. Well, and
1: all of this happening, again, amidst some uh, really wild times in Washington, there was also that New York Times article Friday suggesting that Rod Rosenstein had talked about the 25th Amendment and possibly wearing a wire one day to record the president, whether he was serious or not, as of some argument in that article, uh, something perhaps both sides will point to in the coming days and, and certainly those who believe there's a deep state trying to operate against the president.
0: Continue chaos uh, in, in Washington, D.C., and I, I think that actually helps outsiders like like Braun more than it does an insider like Donnelly.
5: I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I still think that uh, Joe Donnelly is going to be just fine, particularly because of the uh, that AP report was really damaging to him, to Braun. Um, it's a psychological blow to your campaign, and how that campaign recovers from that is going to be interesting. And is It is a kind
1: of also a, a message from some Republicans yeah. uh, saying, yeah. "Hey, we need to." Six hundred
5: thousand dollars is not going to get you much impressions uh, in well, October.
2: And what yeah. happens is now the Braun campaign has to go around and right. counter market exactly. that story, yes. right. and that mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. It sure does. And he should be pushing his vision and raising more money. That's Final very code. true. Yeah, when you pull back and look at activity since the
6: primary, uh, Joe Donnelly has done 190 of public events. Uh, Mike Braun, 80. Okay. Um, that's more than um, you know, twice as many. It's remarkable.
1: Before we go to break, a lot of news from Team Pence this week as well. Second Lady Karen Pence joined Kellyanne Conway and Surgeon General Jerome Adams in Richmond, Indiana, talking about the war on opioids. And also, we mentioned this earlier, Vice President Pence holding a fundraiser this past week for his brother, Greg Pence, who's running for Congress in the 6th District, the same seat his brother once held in Congress. They raised $450,000, benefiting some of it, Greg Pence's campaign and his political action committee, as well as the Great American Committee, which is Mike Pence's PAC set up to help Republican candidates this midterm election year. Real quick, a lot of money there. For the a lot Pence of money, partners, mostly
2: leadership PAC money. This is for a freshman trying to buy a good seat. Everybody does it by a good seat as a as a freshman coming in, assuming he's in the majority. Now, if he's in the minority, none of that money matters. Okay, we'll leave it right there. Up next,
1: remembering the fallen, the Vice President honoring the return of missing Korean War veterans, including a Hoosier whose family now has some closure. Thanks to the leadership of President Donald Trump, once again, our boys are coming home. Vice President Mike Pence at a special ceremony in Washington celebrating the returned remains of missing Americans from the Korean War. He presented a flag used when those remains were returned to the U.S. to the Korean War Veterans Memorial Foundation. They include an Indiana man, Army Master Sergeant Charles McDaniel, who President Trump also tweeted about this past week. More of that on our website. We're back to wrap things up right after this. Time for our winners and losers this week. Adam, you're up first.
6: Yep, my winner is Republican Senator uh, Todd Young, who's on a prolific uh, fundraising spree right now giving the candidates up and down the ballot across the nation. Many people see him as the next NRSC chair. My uh, loser is Mike Braun given the AP story.
2: One winner, Bob Woodward, sold more books in one week than Art of the Deal has sold in 30 years. You never know. Trump may tweet tonight that uh, he's sold more books than the Bible. You never know. <laughs>
5: my winner is Hoosier Women Forward. It's a Democrat organization that is mentoring and um, uh, fostering women candidates. So, got a big event this week.
3: I'm
0: excited. Given the news out of D.C. this week, only a loser, Diane Feinstein, for badly mishandling the Kavanaugh controversy. All right, we'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.
1: Here on the podcast now, talking a little bit more behind the scenes here with Adam Wren, Mike Murphy, Laura Beck, Tim Swearens. Uh, Adam, this, uh, this Senate race and everything we're seeing with the Kavanaugh confirmation um, and the allegations uh, being made there, this is just a, an incredibly complicated situation for, for Senator Donnelly. What are you hearing from people about where this could a- end up?
6: Yeah. You know, I think for Donnelly, it makes it gives him a lot of political cover to, to vote no on Kavanaugh. Um, he still may, may vote yes, but I think that the optics of it would just be terrible if he did for his base, even more so than bef- before the allegations surfaced. Uh, for Braun, if for some reason Kavanaugh is withdrawn or Trump you know, picks someone like Tony Barrett um, to, to replace him. I actually think it helps um, Braun because you know we probably wouldn't quite get that, confer- that nominee confirmed by the election. and So Braun can go to his voters and say, look, uh, the Supreme Court, the balance is on the line and it could help with turnout.
1: I know you've written a lot more about that in Importantville, a uh, political newsletter. If you're That's not right. signed up, yep. sign up for it, right? Yep. Get a lot of great news and information yep. there. Uh, Laura, what is all of this? Um, what does all of this say about the, I guess, the Me Too movement and the moment we're all experiencing right now in 2018 in America, this particular uh, story?
5: That is a, it's a really good question, and it's something I think a lot of people have been um, thinking about and talking about. Uh, I was just looking at social media today uh, on my way here, and I saw a tweet from a woman who said something to the effect of even if I wasn't a victim of Me Too, I'm now finding out of so many women who were. And that has been um, a sentiment shared broadly. I also think that we're at a different place in our country where men are even more cognizant than maybe they were 20, 30, obviously I wasn't around for 40 years ago professionally, but I do think that men also are really stepping up and putting an end to the bad behavior too. And so at this point in our nation's history with where we are Brett Kavanaugh just appears to be that person who's in the middle of it.
0: I, I think there's a, there's a real danger of a backlash against the Me Too movement because of how this has been handled. It's been highly politicized. The timing is extremely suspect. Um, it's going to put people like Joe Donnelly in a very difficult position and he's going to risk, risk a backlash among conservative voters who are not particularly engaged with this election. There's not a lot of passion on the right about this election. This is the one thing that, I mean, there are a lot of conservatives who, who believe that Kavanaugh's been treated very unfairly. Uh, these are 36-year-old allegations. They were brought out politically, for political reasons, let's be honest, at the last moment to try to sabotage a nomination that was going. he was going to be confirmed. And the timing of it is highly suspect. And I think that's, that's the danger of this, is that a movement that is extremely important, um, That you're right, these things have been happening for years and years and years. Women have been uh, victimized over and over again and has not been handled in the right way. We were beginning to make progress and then this comes out in a very suspect manner, in a very political manner and the, the the risk of undermining the credibility of the me too movement is high. And I'm guessing you, you might say you know what else is important? Supreme Court seats and appointments.
5: Yeah they are but on the flip side as you talk about Joe Donnelly you're talking about conservatives who this is important to but think about women and think about women who may vote Republican because um, uh, for a host of other reasons so I think it's really going to have this major impact on Donald
0: us. Trump out, out, got more female votes, more women votes in 2016 in Indiana than Hillary Clinton did. Um, so those women who voted for Donald Trump, uh, I wouldn't, they, they, again, this pumps energy on, uh, into among conservatives because um, if you look at social media, if you look at the comments, uh, the commentary that's coming out from National Review and from some of these other places, um, this is a rallying moment for many people on the right. Um, and um, there, is a, there is a real danger here uh, for the Me Too movement that is going to be undercut because this has been so politicized.
2: I think you have to separate out, if you're going to be honest and you're really in favor of women, protecting women and all that kind of thing, which we all are, I think you have to separate out the Dr. Ford allegations from the balance of the Supreme Court. Okay? So, first of all, I mean, uh, these allegations, they better be true number one okay and I don't know if they are but they better be true but she is right now being used whether the allegations are true or not she is a person is being used by people who are using her for political gain so one minute you know she might as well be she might as well be represented by Gloria Allred or somebody I'm not kidding you one minute they're saying uh, you know you're victimizing her because you're not listening to her and the next minute they're saying you're victimizing her because you want to force her to talk. Now, which is it? You can't have it both ways. And anybody who's having an honest discussion about the Me Too movement cannot bring up the balance of the Supreme Court. That should be entirely separate. That should have absolutely whether we have nine Republicans or nine Democrats in the Supreme Court should have nothing to do with the truth and I've of heard these allegations. Say, not, not
1: because of the balance, but because of the fact that a Supreme Court position is a lifetime yeah. appointment, yeah. and really, there's no recourse to. Do anything right. uh, if an I, investigation later does find I out guess anything the about us.
5: If weren't true, why Just would it. you come forward? I mean, why would you come forward and put yourself through this?
0: I well, have no idea. Because the stakes I'm are very high because it untrue. is a Supreme Court nomination right, but, and because but he but was on track women, to be confirmed.
5: But that's why women don't come forward because but, but there's I'm not your saying picture. They're, I'm not
2: saying they are untrue. Everywhere. But then you have to also have the question why right. is Senator... but you saying
5: they better be true. They
2: better be true. Well Of course, if somebody's making to make allegations like that, they better be true. I don't care it's right. about stealing their car or, or sexually so less, a, uh, woman a woman. if this were in the same
5: position, you would feel so if it were a woman, if Brett Kavanaugh were a woman and this was somebody coming out from 35 years ago from high school coming out with something like this, you would feel exactly the
2: same. Absolutely, I'd say they better be true. I mean, all allegations should be true if you're gonna make them, right? Mm -hmm. And my question would be, to to get back to your point a little bit, is the question we need to ask uh, Senator Feinstein, if this is true, if this is so serious, why did she wait from July until whatever, the first right. of September? Until after,
0: the hearing. Until I mean, after she, the hearing. She sat on this until she, after she, the hearing. She
2: violated but her responsibility as a senator, and as my opinion, as a woman, but an American woman, not also, to bring this out as quickly as but possible. But what
5: you're also doing is you're blaming Diane Feinstein, and you're not. Really, look saying, let's go ahead and look into uh, Brett Kavanaugh's
2: I, I think no I, th- no, I think you should look into it, and right. I think that these these allegations. Like I said, it it needs be to true. be
0: investigated, but it would be naive to try to separate out how this has been politicized and how this is much less about a victim, and much more about trying to block a conservative from being appointed uh, nominated. Well, a Conservative frankly. was well, going to be appointed so, anyway.
5: Yeah, I mean, go, go ahead. Well, not
0: no, not, not necessarily.
6: To pull back the, the the curtain a little bit, the viewfinder. I mean, if we're talking about the Supreme Court being politicized, I mean, there are many who would point to Merrick Garland as the first instance of of the SCOTUS being.
0: Well, I I would point to Robert Bork uh, long before that. Sure.
6: Sure. But what was interesting to me this week, uh, this past week, is Ed Meadlin, who's the president of the Ethics and Public Policy Policy Center, uh, came out with a a Twitter thread um, trying to raise reasonable doubt that it wasn't Kavanaugh, that it indeed happened, but it was someone who was friendly with Kavanaugh. Um, a lot of backlash. Got a lot of backlash. Yeah. yeah. However, um, as a conservative who's interested in the, the Federalist Society and, and the judiciary, you know, what Ed really did is score an old goal and really make a case for an FBI investigation. Mm-hmm. I've talked with uh, Republicans in the Senate who say that, you know, it doesn't need to be done by the FBI. It can be done by um, bipartisan committee investigators. I mean, it really seems like for a lifetime appointment. Uh, it's, it'd be worth taking a breath, a couple of days, you know, two or three days, and really getting to the bottom
1: when of this. You, you talk about the politics of this and it being politicized. We've definitely yeah. seen a lot of ugly stuff out there. Sure, um, you well, had uh, d- yeah. Donald Trump Jr. with the note and the, yeah. the other congressman yeah. who said something about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is something that everyone needs to uh, comport themselves with a with a yes. certain Absolutely. level of dignity Absolutely. that we just don't see in politics. No, this no. Day. no. no. and, and no. that's...
0: Yeah. And 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 again, it's it's much less. We've so much so often in politics, we forget that there are human beings involved. Right. It's not about Brett Kavanaugh and what's being done to him and his family. It's not about Dr. Ford and what's being done to her. It's about scoring political points, and that's that's what's so ugly about this situation. It's what makes it so ugly. What Dianne Feinstein did intentionally, sitting on this until after the confirmation hearings. And, and is that how you but see it?
5: I guess my question is: is do we? Is she that? Are they that strategic? Yes. I don't. I I mean, mean, absolutely. I, I don't this, know absolutely. This, this no. didn't happen by accident. Do we
6: know that it was Feinstein? Actually, I, I have read that it was actually high-level committee staffers acting independently of Feinstein. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that also
0: has yeah. to. Yeah, and, and, I, and my cynicism says no. There's right. no way but that could have happened. But
6: she declined to identify the suspect. Yeah. I mean, the, the way or the, the victim in this right. case, the way that we know that is because the Washington Post on Sunday came out with a blockbuster reporting where they actually yeah. named the person. Yeah. Right. So the thought is that you know high Democrats on the staff leaked that to the press. Um, yeah,
0: but Feinstein redacted the Dr. Ford's name and forwarded the letter to the FBI um knowing full well she received the letter in july she sat on it until after the hearings and then moved it forward
5: let me ask this though had this come out earlier how would kavanaugh's nomination have gone he, through he would I mean, have at least had have, this come had this come out earlier would we have been he, having this discussion in july we,
0: yes and it would have been much better to have it before the confirmation hearings than after
2: and the question i would ask is if if she was holding it obviously if he had not been approved by the committee, would she have still given it to the FBI? Of no, course not. She would no. have held it for another time. Right, and, and, and that's what makes this so ugly. It's just—it's yeah. just—it's it's, just it's, so hardball ugly.
0: politics at its absolute worst, and it's tied to again what's really a imp- very important movement with me too. Well, it's hard to see
1: exactly how this will all play out. Too, uh, we don't
0: know what's going to happen next week.
1: We don't know the implications of this on the midterms. Um, you know, as, as you pointed out, there could be different being factors either way. Yeah. If Kavanaugh gets withdrawn, would that motivate uh, Republican voters? Some have said it might depress Republican enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about on the left? I, I mean, there are just a million ways that this could go.
5: Trump's yeah. initial reaction too, really surprised me.
1: Initially, uh, he was a little bit more muted. Yeah. And then his on initial Friday, reaction, he tweeted yeah,
5: his initial reaction on some, some doubt should towards be heard Dr. Ford, those pieces. Because I wonder how, I, I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is clearly someone who has been in Washington his whole life. He's clearly closely allied with the Bush administration. I'm wondering if Trump himself may be getting a little bit of buyer's remorse on this, and maybe yeah. could have gone with He's the judge from Notre uh, Dame that bit we of that, that I was really surprised way. she wasn't picked. Oh, maybe
2: maybe Ivanka Melania got to him and said, "For God's sake, Donald, yeah. keep your mouth shut."
0: I I, 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 <laughs> I think we shouldn't be speculating on things we, we have <laughs> no. No, right. no idea but we, no, we don't know anything about. Yeah, I'm surprised, in, surprised in, by his That's what we do every week. Well, I hope not. You know, again, I I think there's been a huge disservice done to the country and how our leadership has handled this on both sides. Um, I think particularly on the Democratic side, though, uh, because they've used it strategically for political gain.
1: Well
6: you know what's interesting to me about about um, the Supreme Court um, hearings um, and Eric Berman with WIBC the Dean of the Indiana State House Press Court uh, tweeted some interesting um, historical context on Friday and he said that um, it wasn't until um, nineteen sixteen uh, before that that um, SCOTUS confirmations were held behind closed doors. And uh, when Sherman Minton, the first Hoosier on um, the Supreme Court, was nominated in 1949, he was asked to testify and refused, saying it raised serious questions of propriety. Um, So, Hmm. you know, you wonder if that's the way that we should go back to, um, you know, justices testifying behind closed doors, because we don't get much in the way of uh, insight into their thinking when they test. And you have to wonder
1: what Chief Justice Roberts, who of course uh, has Indiana ties, uh, yeah. what, what he thinks about all of this, and what it will mean for the court's reputation if someone like Kavanaugh does get on the court, and what, people what look at. What changed
0: was 1973 in Roe v. Wade, um, and before then, I don't think the American public paid a whole lot of attention. Right. Uh, today we do, and and again, it's become so politicized. Um, if if Brett Kavanaugh wasn't replacing Kennedy, a swing vote, yeah. um, that letter never would have seen the light of day. Well, uh, and, and it's because the stakes are so high that it's become so politicized.
6: Yeah, I think part of that too is because you have to look at the trajectory of evangelicals in this nation. And, you know, abortion wasn't a politicized issue. A lot of clergy didn't take a position on that um, until around the 70s when, um, you know, Protestants and the moral majority really mobilized their voters. And so I think it's inextricable.
1: And, of course, Senator Donnelly, uh, in the midst of a real dilemma on on this Kavanaugh question, it will be fascinating to see how it plays out here in the coming weeks and and here in Indiana as well. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? What are we? What will we see in the, in the coming days? I this have could be, No, idea. This could be quite. This it, could it, be. I,
0: I. I think it's going to be extremely ugly. Yeah. That's the only. That's the only thing I feel confident about.
5: Well, there's a lot at stake, and I think that because there is so much at stake, I'm sitting here looking at their pictures the whole the mm-hmm. whole show.
1: Yeah, um, on the big monitor over there, we're looking a at a picture at stake of Doctor and, and Fordham. And it's and almost like you're reading Judge a Caballel.
5: novel. Right. Um, it's almost as if you're reading a novel, but. I would not want to be Doctor Ford having to go into that hearing in front of everyone.
6: Quite that frankly, would be a very yeah. unpleasant a experience to have yeah. to go through again. I wouldn't want to be either of them at this moment. Yeah, right. yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be and, Kevin, yeah.
0: and I think that's what's so concerning is that uh, somebody like Brett Kavanaugh, who I think everybody agrees has a, has an outstanding record. There's nothing there's no other blemish on his record. Um, and an allegation is brought up at the last moment from something that may have happened 36 years ago. And there is a presumption of guilt among many people in the news media and many people in politics, and that's not how our country should operate.
1: Should he be on the court if, this, uh, if, if these allegations are true, I guess is one question I'd I, I pose to you. And also, is
0: there even any way to find out if they are? I don't think there is, and that's the problem. It's 36 years ago. And uh, Associated Press had a fascinating story uh, on Friday about the problems with uh, old memories. They're not accurate. Um, and that's nothing against Dr. Ford, it's just, it's just the way it is. It's, it's, it's the science of our memory that once you get past a certain point, you start to add things into your memories. That didn't, didn't happen. Well, I think people may look at this from a couple different perspectives in terms of 36 years
1: ago. Can we even know? Can we prove anything either way? No. Some people look at it and say, no, that's why we should confirm Brett Kavanaugh. And others would look at that and say, that's why we should uh, raise questions about whether he should yeah. be on the Supreme I think, Court.
5: I think if you went through an experience that Dr. Ford has described, you don't forget it from 36 years ago.
2: I would say the momentum, you talked about what's going to come up in the next several days. I think the momentum has shifted against Dr. Ford. Yeah. And the only way she recovers it is by going, testifying openly in yeah. public, being credible, having some, something besides her memory. I'm not sure what that is because I'm not a lawyer. But the bigger question is long-term is why would anybody going forward, Republican or Democrat, because Republicans can play this, this game too. Yeah. Why well, would they
5: play it very
2: well. Why would anybody ever put themselves up for a Supreme exactly. Court nomination? Yeah, There's yeah. exactly. right. no it,
0: reason. It,
6: yeah. Or any extended political it, right. It, yeah. it, 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 right. It's Again, yeah. if,
0: if, if, if you can be accused with no evidence of something that happened almost four decades ago, and that can destroy your reputation and your career, why would anybody risk that?
5: The thing that you brought up, though, too, is that I think we're going to know pretty soon if there are other types yeah. of allegations like yeah.
6: I mean there are rumors that the Washington Post is getting right into on a second story about Kavanaugh's background but again it's just a rumor it's irresponsible to 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 report anything other than that but it's notable that there hasn't been yet yeah there a, hasn't been a second yet. story. Mm-hmm. So,
5: no one as soon yeah. as as soon as the floodgates opened on Harvey Weinstein. I mean, it was yeah. the floodgates that's opened right. right. And, and I think <laughs> that's
0: important to note. Uh, 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 guys, uh, yeah,
5: yeah. But the other part too, I think, especially when you are are thinking about this as well, is that the way that the prep school culture yeah. has been mm-hmm. described at that time um, with the partying okay. and the drinking and the what happens at Georgetown prep stays at Georgetown yeah. prep some of that goes reinforces
6: that boys will be boys narrative and and doesn't help him at all. And Kavanaugh himself has made comments within the last several years.
0: That's collective guilt. And I I don't don't think we want to get into a place where we have collective guilt. Somebody's guilty just because they went to prep school. No,
2: but
4: he's made some
5: comments over the years about the fun they had and the Friends book and some of those
2: pieces. There's such a difference between boys will be boys and boys attempting rape. That's a huge gulf that you cannot Mm -hmm. close. I mean, go back to the Duke lacrosse players. Right, Their yeah. lives were ruined, and they did nothing.
5: But we- for every Duke lacrosse player, there's somebody who was actually a victim.
2: That's why I have to be very careful. Right. And it better be true. Right. Well, we'll see
1: what happens in the days to come. Tim Swearens, Laura Beck, Mike Murphy, Adam Wren. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you again Pleasure. next Sunday in Focus.